and welcome back to Interpreting India. As the world looks to emerge from the shadow of the coronavirus pandemic, 2022 so far has been defined by precarious geopolitical relations, drastically shifting economic trends, and a rapidly evolving technological landscape. This season, we at Carnegie India are examining many of the challenges and opportunities that India will need to confront in the coming decade. I'm your host, Priya, and in this episode, we are discussing developments related to blockchain in India. Collaborative technologies like blockchain promise the ability to improve business processes between entities in any domain, radically lowering the cost of trust. In this episode, we discuss the adoption and limitations of blockchain in the Indian context. And joining us today to discuss this topic is Mr. Sarang Khoyer. Sarang is currently the head of Blockchain Center of Excellence at the National Payments Corporation of India. He has more than two decades of rich IT experience across technologies, roles, and geographies. Previously, he has worked with Infosys, with his last appointment at Infosys being that of its blockchain program manager. His past experience of setting up offshore development centers in India for global clients enabled him to set up blockchain centers of excellence from the ground up. And now he's on a mission mission to make blockchain technology mainstream. Sarang, welcome to Interpreting India. Thanks a lot, Priya. Thank you. Sarang, if I could start right at the beginning, what is novel about blockchain technology? Why is everybody talking about it? Actually, nothing much. If you really look at what blockchain is uh, all about or how the blockchain is made, so you will find the components which have been there for decades, if not years. Okay, So just take the example, cryptography and hashing, nothing new. All our passwords uh, have been secured through this hashing mechanism. So if you see your, your password actually never travels from your client to the server, what goes is the hash of your password so that server never knows what exactly your password is, but it can definitely tell whether this is the right password or not because it is a hash of that password. And this is a very clever mechanism which is used in blockchain. Uh, It's very useful because while the data is getting circulated all over the nodes, all over the world, only person who is required to see it would be able to see it. Rest can verify it, but cannot see it or cannot understand it. So this is a very you know, unique way of looking at things that you don't know what it is, but you can tell whether this is right or not. This is the first part of it. And this has been there for a long time. Then the peer-to-peer network. So nothing new about it. There has been peer-to-peer network there. Uh, we know about torrents where people you know, send files here and there one-on-one without going through anything for all good, bad, bad reasons. Uh, it has been there, right? Then the distributed databases, nothing new. The distributed database concept has come long time back to bring in the resiliency uh, so that there is no single point of failure and you have the the copies of the data all over. So this is one of the concepts that is also used in blockchain. Then the asymmetric encryption. So where there is a public and private key infrastructure. So I keep my private key and I give my public key to everybody. Everybody knows public key, but can't figure out the private key out of that. And using that, uh, I can actually transact the asset that is on blockchain on my name using my private key. Everybody else knows it because they know my public key. So all these things have been there all the time. So what makes it novel? So the novelty is bringing all these things together to deliver a solution to a a long pending problem. So a lot of people had tried to see how can they deliver uh, a digital cash or online cash uh, where there is no need of any trusted third party. Uh, Many experiments were done before that and they did not go that well. But in this particular case, Know, all these things, along with a very clever incentive mechanism, has been you know, proposed by this person or group of person who we know as Satoshi. Uh, and it has worked extremely well till now. So that is the most novel part of this. Right, right. Um, so we keep hearing the statement that blockchain is going to change the world, though. Uh, right. I, I, I do understand it's a fascinating history that you've laid out in terms of uh, elements that have already existed. And now that they're being brought together and the use case that you're referring to uh, is Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies. Right. Um, but blockchain, um, 
apart from cryptocurrencies? How is that going to change the world? Would you share your views on that? You know, uh, there is breed of this enthusiast that are so excited about this blockchain. And some of those guys are sales guys, so I don't blame them. Uh, but, you know, they have been making these things as if, you know, what has happened in the world. You remember that aqua regia from your chemistry classes, that solution that dissolves almost everything. So let me tell you, this blockchain technology is not a aqua regia that is going to dissolve all our problems. Okay. Satoshi's solution was a very, uh, it was for a very specific problem. And what was that problem? The problem was how do you achieve the consensus in a completely trustless network of participants or nodes, uh, where some nodes could be down, some nodes could be outrightly malicious. Uh, and this you achieve without even having any trusted third party in the network. So once you achieve the consensus on the state of a data, which is alleged in this case, basically what you're getting you're solving the problem for this peer-to-peer -peer cash. And this is what was achieved through this Bitcoin or the Bitcoin core software. Now, initially when the when when it, it came, uh, the, the crypto enthusiasts jumped on the bandwagon. And there were a lot of companies and they tried out and all the solutions were around crypto, some or the other form. But slowly, when people started understanding this, uh, and also you, you you kept hearing from people like Bill Gates, Warren Buffet, even though they were very staunch, uh, you know, uh, in opposition to the crypto phenomena, they were they were you know they were in consensus about one thing that the technology that is underlying this. Uh, Bitcoin is definitely something uh, that could be used uh, in various domains, not only in the crypto or cash. Uh, the technology in itself is very, very, uh, it has great potential to do uh, a lot of things for us. And uh, we will we'll, we'll see how that potential gets realized over a period of time. So that question, you know, I'll just, uh, that is the answer. Whether it will change or not, we will know in a in a short period of time. Right. So that, that actually, you know, um, you know, sort of moves right into my next question. Um, so can you tell us a bit about what other use, use cases might exist for blockchain beyond cryptocurrencies? Um, you know, what is, and what is the simplest way to find out what those use cases are? Okay, so uh, I'll take you to the you know, initial phenomena, what was happening, uh, why this technology was getting, getting driven. So it was kind of a FOMO kind of a phenomena, the fear of missing out. So everybody was talking about it, big people were talking about it. And then let's say a CEO or MD just lands up in some conference and there a tech guy talks about, you know, this, this big thing blockchain is coming and is going to change the world and this and that. And then this CEO will just come and call the CTO boss. What are you doing? What are you doing about blockchain? We need to do something because everybody's talking about it. Then somehow the technical team will find some consultant, whoever he finds. And then they'll say, boss, I want something on blockchain, but what something? So they will try to find something in the, in the company, which is whatever business process or application. And they'll try to do something on blockchain just for the sake of saying that we have done this POC on blockchain. So it was it was a clear case of people trying to fit a solution into a, a problem. It was not a solution for the given problem. It was just like force fitting that technology into right. something. And that, that drew this phenomena for quite some time where a lot of companies did a lot of POCs. And then... Eventually, the outcome was that, oh, it doesn't look like it is suitable for this particular business process or this problem. Uh, so, you know, if you really want to see uh, a very, very simple mechanism to figure out uh, what is it that you should even be looking at and then probably uh, drilling further to see if it is real uh, use case is... Uh, 
imagine a end to end business process where there are multiple organizations and they are carrying out certain legs in that business process uh, and they maintain their own siloed databases which would eventually lead to data duplication there will be data integrity issues uh, there will not be any single source of truth to know what is the latest or even the past status of that particular transaction that is happening and what that means is it leads to the inefficiencies slowness in the process and potential frauds right so when there is such a process blockchain is the right thing to to consider at least for the initial evaluation uh, one of the example i can give is let's say a supply chain so from order to cash so there are so many processes that are done by different entities in that so importer uh, raises this uh, quotation request then uh, the exporter replies to it with a quotation and there will be invoices then there will be shipping where the the logistics partner would be involved if if it it crosses the boundaries of the country the customs would be involved there would be multiple agents in between which are doing certain things to to enable this transfer eventually the goods will be delivered then somebody will be taking it who's the you know the the importer and then signing on something so whole this process has so many players inside mm-hmm. it and they are keeping some or different data of this same process in their different databases and nobody knows exactly what is stored by whom and whether it is consistent with mine so in this case it's a very prime use case for blockchain kind of database where the blockchain has a copy of exactly same data for all the parties it need not necessarily be all the data is available for everybody because there would be sensitive requirements that a particular party doesn't want to show somebody else and there are ways to control it but the rest of the data is always going to be consistent so i am going to be confident that what i am seeing in my database is exactly what you are seeing in your database so that is what is the problem that the blockchain will solve for you so this is one uh, the second a uh, simple way of looking at it let's say there is a product offering where uh, details of your previous purchase uh, you know previous purchase by a customer uh, may impact the sale decision uh, or even the price of the current purchase that that customer is trying to make uh, a example could be uh, let's say you are buying vehicle policy so you are with one insurer right now you want to go to other one so they basically ask you simple questions was there any accident this and that so i'll give you no claim bonus what was the end date of your policy and blah blah now you can put it and some people in most of the cases there is no way to verify whether what you are telling is right or not so with that uncertainty a decision could be made uh, and that decision could be wrong leading to some losses right now in this case if let's say all these insurers uh, create a consortium where they would share at least some basic information about the policies that they have issued on a particular vehicle so even if the customer tries to move from one insurer to another one that basic information about the last policies available and you need not ask you have it and you know what is the decision that you can make or what is the price that you can offer without even asking without even trusting so this like now you are into that trustless environment environment where you can make decisions and in all such scenarios you would you know definitely you should explore the blockchain kind of technologies apart from that you know wherever uh, there is a single organization even though there could be multiple departments multiple users but if it's a single organization and dealing with uh, let's say some suppliers but only to that organization and they want to track certain things uh, it's really not a a prime use case for blockchain unless the other customers of that supplier also comes on that network and then there are multiple consumers and multiple suppliers all those transactions are happening then there would be some benefit 
uh, otherwise in a single organization uh, the centralized systems have been working perfectly fine and you know i don't see any reason why they should be considering blockchain kind of a system right right no i think uh, demonstrated and talked about at a conceptual level what could be the potential for blockchain um if i could just ask you what are the principal motivations driving interest in blockchain development in general you know uh, the niti aayog has ca- had come out with a, a strategy paper earlier the meti had come out with a strategy paper to late last year um so not just in india but generally what is motivating this interest in blockchain development yes yeah, so there are certain things that have come to the forefront as the advantages of uh, using blockchain systems uh, some is like uh, disintermediation so uh, if uh, you do not wish to have any third party or any intermediary in your business process for whatever reasons uh, to reduce the cost to to enable the speed by doing peer to peer transaction Uh, that is something you can achieve through blockchain right then the privacy angle has been discussed uh, so a lot of people now days give a lot of importance to that privacy angle as compared to the cost and services so that privacy can also be achieved through blockchain systems where there could be complete anonymity there could be pseudonymity and there could be controlled access of you know who can see my data what part of data for what time all those things could be controlled right which was a little bit difficult uh, nowadays we know that practically everything about us is now available to everybody and we have no control the data has already gone out so that kind of situation can be avoided in if the systems are blockchain based transparency we transparency we already talked about because everybody has the same copy uh, so i know what i know is what he knows so so there, there is that uh, transparency angle that comes into picture because of the trust that i know that we have the same thing to look at then there is also a traceability angle that comes in so traceability is something where uh, i can definitely prove uh, that what is the life cycle of this particular state or particular transaction Uh, or if you put it into the you know real world uh, if i want to know from where this product is coming so that traceability we can we can get that in the system because whatever has been recorded on the blockchain is immutable so uh, it would be very difficult for somebody to fudge the data that you know is telling that this copies coffee is coming from colombia but actually it has come from my so uh, so that kind of stuff so basically i can trace the provenance of what i am using uh, uh we also talked about you know cryptography has been used very extensively so that provides enhanced security we can also get increase efficiency and speed in many cases by avoiding the paperwork and uh because the transactions are almost real time uh, there is no need to wait for other party to come up and all so so there are ways to to see if uh, the inefficiencies of the legacy system uh, can be addressed in this system in the blockchain system and obviously there are uh, this concept of smart contract has been much talked about in the blockchain system where you basically code something and that code becomes the law so if you want to enforce certain things on the parties that are involved in a transaction uh, so so the current way is you do the paperwork then if parties do not follow that then you go to the court of law how about we code this so what does that mean is that i will write a smart contract which is basically uh, the execution of certain steps if certain conditions are met and at the beginning of the contract itself both parties sign on it and then it that contract is distributed to all the nodes and upon meeting certain conditions the contract gets executed so which could be about the payment which could be about uh you know releasing certain data whatever is written so in that case there is no need for the other party 
Now you you don't need to wait for the other party to go and click, uh, thereby actually blocking the payment. Here, you had agreed in the past. You had signed it. Conditions are met. Contract gets executed, and that is that's probably going to be a way in a lot of things uh, to to take care of the 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 legal hassles that arise when parties do not uh, follow through the contract. So. Uh, on a on a you know big scale, these these have been the the drivers. These have been the advantages that people have been looking at whenever they want to do some kind of development in the blockchain or want to explain explore blockchain for their business processes. You've talked about the advantages at length uh, that blockchain potentially provides. I was wondering if you could delve a little bit into you know some of the disadvantages that it might pose. Yeah, so so one thing is about uh, we are talking about replicating a data, uh, even though if not full, in parts across multiple nodes, right? So today you are having let's say a master copy of a data, and then for uh, backup purposes you keep two more copies, and uh, for DR purposes one more. So probably there is a factor of three or factor of four multiplied by four that you're keeping. Now, when you when you go to the blockchain kind of system, now you're talking about multiplying it, not only by four, also by number of participants or number of nodes in that network. So that, that would lead to uh, a huge space requirement to store the data. While it can be limited, uh, but still, data needs to be replicated so there is a need of providing huge space while space or memory is getting cheaper still we should consider this secondly uh, there is an encryption uh, so data my some of my data which i consider private or sensitive but had to be put on the blockchain so it is on the blockchain though in an encrypted form and till the time I am uh, securing my private key properly, uh, I should not worry about. But that is like, you know, today uh, with whatever computing powers and whatever knowledge that is there, we are saying that is pretty safe. In the age where the quantum computing is coming and you probably don't know, know what kind of uh, computational powers it would unleash, whether it will be able to break the encryptions that we have created today, we consider very safe today. Uh, this is uh, this this has been discussed and studied by various scholars and researchers at this point. But if my data in any form is lying with the other node, this is a risk, probably a future risk, but it's still a risk and people do consider that as a risk and not very... Uh, open to sharing things just because the blockchain technology requires you to share certain things. So these are the things and then uh, there there are because the technology is new uh, and people are very much comfortable with the the, the technologies, the systems that have been there for it for ages, there are skill sets available. Uh, people are very much trained. They can solve the problems very easily. If you just suddenly move to a new system, uh, there could be disruptions in the business. So this change, change is uh, something that everybody uh, wants to make seamless, risk-free. And uh, even though if it takes time and the benefits come a little later, so that change management is something uh, that we'll need to do. It's a very different way of thinking about the systems. It's not just one more language that has come into picture. It's a very different way of thinking. So it's going to, it, it requires a lot of training for your technical and non-technical staffs for operations and everybody. So that's a big change. So that, that makes sense. In, some, uh, in a way, it's almost as if, uh, you know, the ecosystem or the institutions around will have to change. It'll be an institutional or an ecosystem change, right? Um, at, the, at this particular juncture, I was wondering if you could uh, share with us um, 
what sort of developments in blockchain are taking place in India? Uh, are we seeing any practical applications at scale happening? Could you give us some examples? If there are any. And so you know the one of the best use cases for blockchain is about the identity, and uh, second, I would say the government services. If you look at India, it's very you know we need to be proud about it, and uh, it has the infrastructure that is not there even in most developed countries so you look at this you have the the identity problem solved by aadhar already you have bank accounts for most of the indians through the jandhan you have a uh, like unbelievable payment system and payment network created by npci we have account aggregators coming in which is going to you know provide a, a legitimate framework to to aggregate the data and provide services we also have the the ondc coming in for the e-commerce now we have we have this amazing systems that are already there or going to come uh so if we can figure out a way by using blockchain technology to put all these things together if we are able to do that it would be it would deliver wonders specifically in the space of government services which have been always accused of you know inefficient time consuming uh, costly if you get all these things together through blockchain uh, you would see something uh, that world has never seen and i'm pretty confident that a lot of work is happening on that front and you would see the results uh, as and when it is declared so government of india and also the state governments are very much supportive uh, of you know exploring the blockchain technology for various uh, use cases not only in the the public services but also in the private because end of the day this adoption and the the development and research is mainly carried carried out by the private players so uh, by making the strategy pretty clear uh, trying to lay down the standards for the players to come in and develop the things which would eventually fit together because standards are already there and you are you are giving a common vision of what exactly you want to achieve thereby so even though the, the the number of players participating could be huge but what they develop would eventually fit together right so this way whatever is happening in india uh, and whatever steps have been taken by the uh, central and state governments i think it's in the right direction you would see the results many state governments have already uh, uh, published certain data about their experiments that they did uh, some did around the land registry Uh, some data around the the uh, the travel pass which uh, which which during the the covid times uh, could could prove that the person had actually been vaccinated and when and how and all that so the, those systems are built on blockchain um, government of maharashtra had also released the the blockchain sandbox for the startups to uh, start uh, you know, doing experiments using those sandboxes and uh, a lot of things have been done by government of karnataka also uh, where they tried to put lot of certifications uh, in the blockchain system so quite a lot of work is happening uh, in india and uh, on the private front obviously you know uh, because of the huge uh, talent in the uh, in the conventional systems in the conventional technologies and uh, there's a huge demand of these new technologies like blockchain ai ml data sciences so we have that talent pool which is which was trained in old technologies a master in that it's much easier for us to just retrain them into these new emerging technologies so they they obviously uh, they they sensed it long time back and started retraining 
and the people and making those available for the emerging technologies so that way uh, they they did both the things they not only started their own research on the technology to deliver their own products which they would eventually market and secondly to provide the services to the global clients who as i said through this form of phenomena just wanted to do something and uh, uh, the existing knowledge of these companies uh, of doing the business with them and this new technological knowledge actually provided much much higher value added services to their clients so net net uh, on a private side also we are much better placed right but if i could just play the devil's advocate for just a minute here you know blockchain has been around for at least a decade now it's as old as uh, uh, bitcoin and as you mentioned earlier in the episode many of the building blocks are really not new they've been around right why is it still an emerging technology and uh, and if i could just um, you know probe a little further what are the practical challenges or impediments that are hampering the speed of blockchain adoption could you delve into that a little bit please see first problem i would mention is the the skilled resources skilled people we have huge chunk of people that are skilled experienced in the existing technologies legacy technologies but if you really look at the the skills in the blockchain there is very little so people are thinking like you know i will do a 6 months course from some training agency and and they start putting themselves as the blockchain developer these are not really the the blockchain skills that are required for the adoption that i am talking about these were okay for the pocs if you talk about the real blockchain coding the the actual blockchain developer should be actually 5 to 10 years experience in the existing conventional technologies he or she should know a couple of programming languages very well should know the databases how to work with those because then you are going to distribute it right distributed layer you should know the messaging how messaging happens you should know how to connect the networks that is peer to peer right once you know all these things that were done in the conventional and then probably you just understand what the blockchain framework is what is the meaning of blockchain when i say i am creating a blockchain what do i really need to do so it is not a language that is there that you just learn and you start making blockchains it is you need to put together certain principles and certain services and then you get the system that you can call blockchain so these the skill people right now is very limited uh, i hope that with this uh, talent crunch and the 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 salaries of blockchain developers skyrocketing Uh, these experienced people would actually pick up blockchain pretty fast and the the industry that is looking at these kind of skill uh, would get those that supply uh, pretty soon instead of just relying on uh, a half year experience or one year two years experience blockchain developer who can probably take a guidance but not do anything else on top of that so that is one problem and this is global this is not about india this problem is global secondly the use case selection i have already said right people uh, didn't ask that basic question of why why are we doing this so they went into it just because they had to do it and then when the outcomes of that poc came uh, it didn't give the right picture to the management or the any confidence that we should pursue this further is it any way useful or we should just drop it so that also the early starters some of those dropped off because probably they got the impression that oh this is not something for us maybe somebody else will do it right uh then next comes with the regulatory gray areas so the regulations around the the cryptos and tokens hasn't been clear some countries have done a good job who encourage certain types of businesses rest are still figuring out what do they really want because uh, so so look at this 
people went ahead and uh, uh, you know they start they started they had a very bad impression about the blockchain because the first thing that came to their mind after hearing the word blockchain was actually a bitcoin and cryptocurrencies and then then there was this this huge hue and cry about you know banning everything banning blockchains and all that so the the point is let's say some somebody commits a murder using a knife you cannot ban steel right blockchain is a technology bitcoin or cryptocurrency is just one application of it the way steel is a one metal and the the knife is just one application of it taking the same example i can say even you can't ban all the knives there are some knives that you use in the kitchen to cut the vegetables right so it is not the the blockchain that uh, you should be banning or regulating rather you should be encouraging because it's a technology and you make best use of it and over a period uh, people government regulators have understood this part and they started doing things around the the gray areas in the regulation to ensure that uh, they encourage the development in the blockchain and uh, i think things are going well maybe it could have been faster but still well right uh, then uh, uh, then uh, there, there are the many use cases of the blockchain uh, actually involve the consortium and this consortium came if you if you look at it it's a very funny thing so there are competitors coming together i mean those were in the cutthroat competition they are now coming together forming a consortium so that together they can make more business and that is what the the complete shift of uh thinking that has been brought by blockchain right so you are bringing the this hardcore competitors together they form consortium and f- get some product now what do you do is like the problem is technology problem is solved the problem is now with the governments how do you manage certain things in that consortium right who has how much say what use case or what functional functional enhancement takes priority because x may have you know higher may like certain things bigger because they have higher returns on that why may have some something else so first of all you were able to or technology was able to get people together organizations together but then how do you make them work together so this governance is still a problem uh, that is beyond technology that needs to be solved right there are always there have been technical challenges the technology is new people are exploring so you would you know every now and then hear about the the performance issues that are with the uh, the blockchains because they always go back to this oh bitcoin takes 10 minutes to create one block and just does seven transactions per second and all that oh but uh, visa does 20000 and all yes so well that is you know not the right way of looking at it uh, those are those are public uh, blockchains they have certain other problem to solve there are permission or private blockchains where uh, a performance problem is solved to a good extent uh, but we can definitely do better because end of the day uh, people are not going to replace a very high performant and secured legacy system that may be centralized but they are working very well for their businesses so technological challenges have to be solved uh, that are there and there are a lot of efforts have been made and eventually the technology blockchain technology will mature and it would give a very performant and secure system along with the other benefits that i have already talked about right so these are main things that have been holding back uh, but you know let's be positive things will improve very bullish on where we are going to be in blockchain development soon <laughs> um so you know you brought up this point about regulatory gray areas uh that's interesting i was just wondering if uh, this decoupling between blockchain and cryptocurrency that the indian government had articulated uh, at least in the past right uh um you know when um, uh, the suggestion was to ban cryptocurrencies whereas um 
you know, there was a very clear policy uh, line that we are, however, positive about blockchain and we fully support blockchain development. Um, do you do you see this decoupling uh, as being favorable to the growth of blockchain in India? Could this decoupling pose a potential hindrance to blockchain's development or expansion down the line? No, definitely, definitely. As I said, with this decoupling, now you know what is steel and what is knife very clearly, right? So this is definitely going to help uh, certain startups that are dealing in the cryptos, exchanges, may get impacted if uh, the the regulations uh, after those are passed and who come uh, or they 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 do not allow it or ban it or regulate it in a other manner uh, those people may get impacted but from the blockchain technology the pure blockchain technology point of view anybody who is working in that space uh, is only going to get motivated and get more assistance in that. Not going to be an issue as such. If I could pivot a little bit now to what the landscape is internationally, could you tell us a little bit about what the practical applications or use cases for blockchain are that are emerging in the international uh, you know, landscape? Which countries are at the forefront of developments in the space? And where do we stand uh, uh, in India in comparison? Um, if you see... Because it started in U.S., obviously U.S. is there. China has picked up uh, very well. Some people even say that they are doing better than U.S. We are a little bit lagging, but don't worry about it because we have certain things to to address. But as soon as we pick up the space, I think uh, then then we would go on the top. From the business point of view, uh, Obviously, the blockchain was something that financial industry, BFSI, uh, has embraced. So initially, they ignored it. Then they fought with it. Then they realized that, oh, it is a threat and I cannot kill it. So they embraced it. So they are exploring it and all the products that are related to financial services uh, a lot of development in the international market is happening. Uh, there are countries like uh, Switzerland, Singapore, UAE, which are actively uh, encouraging people to do things in the blockchain, thereby giving even more uh, space to these startups to think about different kinds of use cases that they can implement on this technology while certain countries while are open uh, still want this to be controlled a bit so that because there are finances involved people people are uh, a lot a lot of places uh, this thing is getting missell you know there's a missell there's a oversell uh, and uh, it is it is being sold as an investment to people to make very quick bucks, thousand times, ten thousand times, and just you know you, you just put something and get out of it, and then you know you would be fine. So with that greed and misinformation, uh, once the things start falling apart, the government has to pitch in and do certain things. So some governments are obviously very cautious about it, but they do not want to impede any technical advances. So they do have regulations around that. So uh, there's a huge development in the financial sector. Um, as I said, the supply chain has been a, a very great use case. So um, uh, there has been one initiative, which is called Red Lens, which tried to solve a problem of this uh, international uh, trade from the logistics point of view, how do you actually gather a lot of data using blockchain and IoT uh, and then uh, see if things are going fine, temperatures were fine and all that stuff. Public public services also as uh, Dubai had uh, declared that they would be fully blockchain based governance very soon. 
so they they are they are exploring this uh, complete government services on blockchain china uh, most of the mining of bitcoin happens in china so all the the coins icos lot of cryptos uh, that originated from there and uh, with that also came different kinds of payment apps that primarily deal in the the cryptos because the rest of the payment in china is done by other two parties so so that is how it is uh, china has also uh, released its form of uh, cbdc uh, it's not very clear at this point how much of that is really a blockchain okay uh, but as and when it uh, you know more details come out probably will know whether it's a pure it's definitely not pure blockchain either it's a hybrid or it's not even blockchain we'll know about it it doesn't matter actually uh but yes by uh, that's a, that's a that's a example that a lot of countries would take and uh, start exploring this much faster if i could just make a quick observation here and uh, do correct me if i'm wrong all the examples that you've given just now and also previously in terms of uh, potential use cases for blockchain would it, would I, would i be right to say that these are all uh, at a research uh or an experimentation or a proof of concept stage and not really deployed in the real world uh, so to speak that be correct in saying that at this point uh some are deployed but those are still around that that area which has always been active so there are there are apps that does trading on the cryptocurrencies uh, there are products that are based on cryptocurrencies and and there is interesting uh, you know development happening in in terms of uh, this this phenomena called defi distributed financing where uh, you actually get lots of uh, people who want to lend money and then you also find people who want to take money uh, and that doesn't have to go through this whole regulations and all so while it is still because it's unregulated and there you know there's a huge risk it still enables the micro lending right so and people are okay to give only small amount so even if they lose it they're fine with it but if they get it back they do get a handsome return on it while a person who who wants a very small amount for example somebody uh, is a vegetable vendor or wants or wants just 200 rupees for one day because today he'll buy it with 200 and he'll sell for 300 and pay some 20 30 rupees interest on that and return it right nobody is going to give it nobody is going to give him that um, 200 rupees because the process itself takes uh, 10000 rupees over it cost right so that, that is not available that option is getting available and those kind of products are uh, are coming in the market uh, they are definitely available outside they would come in the in india also pretty soon plus the regulations are clear yeah Well, we spoke about principal drivers, um, opportunities presented by blockchain development. We talked a little bit about the disadvantages, potential disadvantages. I was wondering if you could share with us one or two key things that must be done in order to bolster the development and deployment of blockchain applications in India. Um, so, as I said, the potential uh, barrier or uh, the current challenge, one of the challenges is about the skills. Uh, there are programs. that are driven uh, by government as well as the bodies like NAS- nascom uh, and also uh, private companies where uh, this the skills upgrade is happening at a very fast pace but as i said without hands on experience uh, this skill is not going to be very useful so as you know we have so many engineers but when the actual study was done very not a big percentage of those were found to be employable the same thing is here you can you can give a course to somebody and he or she will complete it but whether it will be a useful contribution to the project uh, it may not be so there has to be this opportunities given to these people to to work on the 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 real life uh, projects which would actually give them a sense of what i am building and why i am building what it is supposed to achieve end of the day so that would create much more talent uh, this is one uh, 
uh, on the regulatory part i already said that there have been multiple steps taken to clear out this area that what is legitimate what is not and what is still gray so you should be moving with cautions so uh, if that that clears out completely uh, uh, then it would be of a great help uh, also i am in a firm believer specifically in indian case that uh, one of the big implementations should actually either come from government or government backed entities uh, because uh, because as i said a lot of time you know when people talk about blockchain they always talk about the the limitations of scalability so if india can prove to the world that there could be a blockchain system which delivers all these advantages that are there with the technology but can still be scalable to the level of india then there will be no other use case or you know case study like this for anybody else people around the world would just latch on to it we have done it in the past in terms of certain systems i think this would be another use case or the, the case study that we can give to the world uh, to study and just you know follow right could i uh, push you a little further to ask you is there a timeline that you're looking at for us to achieve this that you'd like to share uh i think within a year or two we should uh, we should see but i cannot comment on that because it is up to various players that are acting on it so we would know from the right channel right sarun yeah we, we are talking about a very very big things on a very not very new technology but still uh, emerging technology even 5 years is a you know decent time horizon to test the waters we need to be patient and uh, i think it will be it will be a great future thank you so much saran for those insights it was a pleasure hosting you thanks a lot thank you we'll be back in 2 weeks with a new episode to make sure you don't miss it be sure to subscribe on apple podcasts spotify stitcher or wherever you get your podcast from to learn more about our research and team you can visit us at carnegieindia.org you can also find us on social media on twitter facebook and instagram thank you for listening and see you again